Welcome everyone to episode two of Two Guys, One Cassette, the podcast where two guys pick an album and review it song by song. I'm Trenton, and with me as always is my co-host Elijah, aka Mellow XP. Elijah, say hi to everyone. What's up, y'all? Riveting. And on this episode, we are talking about Jack Stauber's pop food. Elijah, give us some background. Jack Stauber is a 25-year-old musician and animator born April 6, 1996 in McKean, Pennsylvania. He attended University of Pittsburgh with a major in marketing and a minor in studio arts. Before fame, Jack grew to love vintage things from the 80s and 90s, taking inspiration from such in his music and animation which both landed him a collaboration with Adult Swim, where they aired his animations Wishing Apple, Valentine's Day is Not for the Lonely, and Shop a Pop Opera, with what he refers to as Micro Pops, short songs he released on YouTube and other social medias. Adult Swim also helped him in releasing his short film called Opal, filled with songs, animations, and even live segments. Jack also went on to win the 2020 Shorty Awards for Best in Weird Creative Media, and as of now, Jack has four albums, but today we're focused on his third release, March 25th, 2017, Pop Food. So, okay, first off, I want to say this. Jack is a character, to he's, say the least. He's weird, but it's a good weird. It's a good weird. So, like, okay, first off, I want to say this. Did you get to watch any of the Micro Pops coming into this? One of them a long time ago, not recently. So, okay, my first introduction to him was from one of his micro pops. It was a song that I love called Inch Man. And it was this weird, like, 80s claymation type style thing. And you can see a lot of his influence from this, like, old, you know, I don't want to say forgotten time, but, like, you know, the 80s and 90s. He has a lot of you know, influence in that. And you can tell within not only his music, but his short films. Um, yeah, it's all like a fever dream stuff. Just imagine like robot chicken, but like claymation scary. Claymation. <laughs> it's like Wallace and Gromit, only scary. Yeah, exactly. But no, I love his, you know, micro pops. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, Opal is a really cool short film. It's... I don't want to be like all, you know, sophisticated. Oh, it's a deep, it's a deep, deep thing. But no, it's a really engaging and, you know, interesting short film. And I suggest all you guys go and check out after you watch that. Well, you listen to this. I mean, we're telling you about it. At yeah. least you can do is like, you know, I haven't watched the, the Opal or Shop, a pop opera. I've only seen like two of his music videos. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> Shop is an amazing one. It's funny. And he has this weird animation style, but it translate well. Well, it translates well to his, um, you know, his claymation and two D animation. But we aren't here to talk about his micro pops. We're here to talk about pop, pop food. food. All Spicy. right, and our first song is Buttercup. start off um i'll start oh. every everyone should know buttercup it was trending on tiktok um it's a good song um before we go into the meaning i would just like to say it's a bop everyone knows it's a bop and it's a great intro to the album because uh, it's just uh, what can i say what can you say that hasn't already been said no, but it's it's a good intro to his style. It's not too weird, like because his he has some weird stuff, so it's not too weird that you're like, what the hell is this? But it's not too, not Jack, if you get what I'm saying, because he has his own little thing, and you can tell with Buttercup, it's a nice mix, it's a nice transition into the deeper layers of weird that you're about to witness. And I agree with this too because of the fact that you know, I agree that it is a very great way to start off the album which is weird because you know last episode we did not agree that it was like a, a good, good first song but this one i agree with you and for the same reasons as well as because you know buttercup it shows jack's style but it does not go too heavy into it it's a nice start to kind of give you into what you're back about to experience during this album you know because it in my opinion i feel like it has a very big 80s pop synth mm-hmm. sound for sure 
you know, and not like, you know, just 80s in general, but like the synth. It almost reminds me a bit of Devo, is a band which, um, you know, the guys who did the song Whip It. And, you know, it does have this really cool sound, because I think almost for all the album, he does very heavy synth. Mm-hmm. But this is a great, you know, start to the album. Now, do you want to talk about the meaning of it, though? Because I, going into this, when we were listening to it, I did not realize the meaning until after we, you know, kind of delve a little further into the lyrics. So Yeah, so this is not what I think the meaning is, but I agree with it. Because I was looking at the lyrics on Genius, and you know Genius breaks down the lyrics on the little side of the screen, but it's the artist didn't verify it. So this is speculation, but they think... In this song, Electrify My Golden Tooth, that's one of the lyrics. His golden tooth, quote-unquote, is his sweet tooth for his buttercup, which is the title of the song. His buttercup being someone he loves or has affection towards. He he wants, you know, he has a sweet tooth for that person, if you get what I'm picking up. A little bit of an innuendo there, Elijah? No, no, I'm just joking. That's all, it's all a lie. We're trying to keep this PG-13, Elijah. Shut up. <laughs> but no, and then there's, you know, there's lines like Electrify My Heart, which is the chorus, you know. And this song is about love. He He's in love. He's, yeah. See, my opinion on what the song is about is I feel like it's more so about the fact that, you know, it is about love. He's trying to talk to this girl, but I feel like he's getting sidetracked so much that the buttercup is just referring to something else and he can't express how he feels to this girl. And there's a certain part in the song that I really love because it um, harkens back to a Kroner style and alludes to like, you know, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. And it's kind of like the bridge where it's just, you know, the chorus just, you know, sung in a different way. But I really do enjoy that part of the song because it kind of gives you, like, a break. And I feel like that's kind of, like, what he wants to be able to, like, say. How he feels Are like he should say. you talking about that jazzy part? Yeah. The yeah. Cron- yeah. Fun fact for you guys at home. The Frank Sinatra style is called Kroner. Yeah, I did not know. Yeah, you learn something new every day. You're, you're idiot Trenton fact of the day, guys. Woo. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty dope song. It's, the lyrics are pretty simple and straightforward. I mean, yeah. But I will say this, even though this is a great start to the album, I'm not going to lie, from here on out, it just gets, not into a train wreck, but it becomes a trip. Well, nah, the the song after this is pretty chill, and then after that one... We get hit in the face. Yeah, it gets weird, it It gets weird. It gets weird, but it's cool. Do you want to get on to the next song? Yeah, the next song is Oklahoma. (laughs) Oh. Space, Oklahoma. Beers falling down at the party. Saddest little baby in the room. Fears, tell me fears, don't get me started. I contain a little gray hair for every scare you share. So, this song. Uh, you go first. Let me well, collect my. Okay, so I want to say first that this has a very relaxed sense compared to our last one where this one is kind of more basic because it really only has in my opinion two instruments really focused and that's the synth piano and then the guitar because the guitar has like this really cool you know distortion on it that makes it sound like it's almost like a synth but it's being distorted in a way that gives more of an 80s tone that you kind of hear maybe off of you know the radio station and i don't mean like oh it was popular so it was on the radio like it gives you that sound like you're listening to it from an old 80s like boombox but it's so weird because this i feel like is a contrast to buttercup because the way he sings and stuff you know he's a lot in his falsetto in buttercup whereas in oklahoma he has more of a straightforward vocal to it and it almost sounds kind of monotone during the verses Mm -hmm. and you know it goes from there but once we get into the chorus 
that's when it starts to get really cool and that's why i feel like a lot of people will know it because again this is another song that was pretty popular on tiktok because of the chorus itself yeah um this song is is different i agree that it's different um and lyric wise too because the first song was so simple with the lyrics it was just you know electrify my heart blah 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 and it was so simple this one it goes into deep feelings he's more lyrical with this song and this song has a deeper meaning than the previous one the previous one was like Oh, it's I want to fall in love. Almost. Well, this one, I think I got what it was trying to say. My theory about what this song is about is that the the speaker of the song or Jack is the main source of comfort for someone else, and he's the only person that other person comes to, and it's like making him stress out. Their stress is making him stress out, and that's basically what this song is about. And you can hear it in the lyrics. There's lyrics that's like. Uh, I get a little gray hair for every scare you share. Or uh, I hear your eyes and I see those cries. I can't be the only one who hears you. Like, yeah. See, and that's the thing. I really do agree with you on this because of the fact. But to kind of expand upon it further, where he's talking about, you know, tears falling down at the party, which is, you know, one of them. It starts off the chorus. I feel like to kind of put it in a setting sense, they're at a party and you know, his friend that is confiding in him during the song is, you know, might have a bit of, like, something like social anxiety and they're having a hard time at the party. Mm -hmm. But it's gotten to the point where it's such a bad situation where it's starting to bring Jack down, kind of like you said, where it's starting to have negative effect on him throughout it. And it's ruining his time at the party, but he wants to try and help but he just doesn't know how to do it at this point. Yeah, I agree with that too. Which it's, it's weird because it has one of those like, it's an upbeat song with like a kind of a sadder meaning. Kind of like pumped up kicks or something. Yeah, okay, I'm so tired of hearing about pumped up <laughs> kicks. Literally everyone and their mother talks about how like pumped up kicks, like, oh, it's such a sweet and great song, but it has such a dark meaning. It's well, like, that's, yes. That's the main one you reference. I mean, it could be like Little Talks by Monsters of Men. They, they, that song has a terrible meaning, but hey. Well, listen, there's one album. Uh, see, for me, you know, resident Weezer fan here. Weezer. Weezer. Um, there's a song from their first album, Blue Album, where it's a very upbeat song called No One Else, but it's literally about an abusive relationship where the guy is trying to control his girlfriend the entire time. That's what I usually tend to go towards. But, like, Pumped Up Kicks, you always hear about it, and it's just... It's the go-to, but... It's the go-to, but it's so overdone. Shut up, it's a good song. It's... If you don't like it, you can eat a booty cheek. Okay. Okay, but... back to Oklahoma, because at this point, we're kind of going off. <laughs> but, yeah, that's basically what Oklahoma is. It's upbeat. Uh, I, this song was trending on TikTok, too, so I'm sure some people know it. But, yeah, it's upbeat, but it's, it's kind of sad. But it really does have kind of more of a staccato feel to it where, like, you know, we start the album with Buttercup with a really nice, you know, guitar feel to it where it's holding out the notes. But this is very, like, start-stop with the notes. Mm -hmm. Very staccato to it. You know, some, you know, music terminology for you all at home. For you losers. Yeah. We're big brain here. <laughs> but no, I do like this song, honestly. In my opinion, even though it's a simple, simple song, I do feel like this might be my pick for my golden cassette. Really? Already? Second song I in? I know. Second song in. It's just, it's a good song. It's like, you know, we don't try to do iconic, but it does have an iconic feel to it. It feels timeless almost. Even though it's supposed to, you know, allude to the 80s vibe, it really does have more of a, you know, timeless feel to it. Because it sounds so dated. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like it's, yeah, it's a simple song. But, you know, when you think about it, a song doesn't need to be like this huge, beautiful, orchestrated thing. As long as you can get people to listen to it, you know, and this is the perfect example of that. So I do enjoy the song. And I think, you know, this is going to be my pick for my golden cassette. Wow. Two songs in, guys. Oh, oh, I know what your golden cassette is. <laughs> I know what yours says. Next song, 
uh, is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's a golden cassette, but I really love this song and it's called I Love You Okay, so I just want to make this abundantly clear first. Um, so for those of you who don't know Vern Troyer is, because we had to look it up for a second. We did. Yeah, we knew the name. We just didn't think of the face. So, uh, yeah, Vern Troyer is the guy who plays Mini-Me in uh, Austin, Austin Power. Powers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which actually starts off with a voice clip. From him. Which, honestly, at first I thought it was, until we you know looked it up, I thought it was just Jack pitching up his voice that's what i thought it was too but then after it was Vern troyer i was like wait a minute that's Vern troyer speaking they used a sound clip from him because he you know his disability he has a higher voice so it was like oh shit now this song i cannot explain the meaning to you at all at all i've looked at the lyrics many times it's so weird it's so weird but this is one of the weird songs and i love it because it's weird and i just i love the melody i love how the choruses are poppy and stuff and this upbeat it gives me regular show vibes it like, does this is something yeah. you would hear in a montage and regular show it's like they're just working at the park and just everything goes the shit real fast yeah this is one of those songs and i love it and okay i love it too in my notes i literally the first thing is this is a mental breakdown song this is definitely because it it, that's what it feels like it literally feels like a music version of a mental breakdown because it is so crazy and you know there's no build up with the voice it just goes right into it but the bass line in it is so good because that's what kickstarts the entire song and it carries it very heavily throughout it it almost gives like um an Adventure Time feel because a lot of you know the character Marceline from Adventure Time, a lot of bass is carried throughout of it, and it sounds really cool. And I like that Jack is going for the more bass approach because mm-hmm. I like it when artists do that. They take more of a bass instead of using guitar as the lead. Um, another band that did that was Green Day with a lot of their earlier stuff. But Jack does it, and the way he uses his distortion to make it fit more with the synth is really cool. Mm. But dear God, this song is so hard to think of the meaning for. Yeah, let me let me read you the lyrics from this song. Let me give you a snippet. It says, time to get you nice and high. Strap you in your moon shoes. Whoop. Wish on the genie. Ha ha ha. I want wishes too. Ha. I don't... I mean, you you could make something up. You but, can make something. Like but my, here, here's the thing. That was just one verse. Each verse is, like, wildly different. <laughs> and, like, the, um, oh, God, I think, like, the first line is, like, always, not always seeing eye to eye or not seeing eye to eye. Never seeing eye to eye, Harmony Destroyer. It's, like, and. And then he says, I love you, Vern Troyer. Yeah, and then, like, you're thinking, like, okay, well, you can hear that. Maybe you can draw your own conclusion. So here's one thing about that song: you can't hear the vocals. Yeah, it's it's like you could barely. It's like he's mumbling, but he's not. He's loudly he's, rambling to you. To give you guys like a cool like little idea, I know we're gonna put the song clip in, but literally it almost sounds like always seeing eye to eye, harmony destroyer. Exactly. And it's so crazy, but it works so well. You'd think like the way we're explaining it, and you don't listen to the song, you're like. This is going to sound awful, but it's so it's good. It's so good, but I want y'all to go listen to it and try to get the meaning because I don't Genuinely, understand. we want you to try to find this. My opinion, if I feel like, you know, just going off of the one line of always seeing eye to eye, I feel like he's having trouble communicating with people or at least one person. Then what does Vern Troyer have to do with I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's, he's funny. He's funny guy. He's mini me. Yeah, this song, I love it, but I don't know what it means. I just love how it, it's random. It's just... Does this, you know, hurt our integrity as, you know, 
music reviewers, connoisseurs, no. because we don't know what the song means? No, it doesn't hurt our integrity. We explain the song. You, I assure you, no one else will know what it means if they listen to it. And we, and we can both say we love the song. It's a really great song. It's one of my favorites. It's my, one of my first out of two. Favorites. Uh, but 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 does it earn the golden cassette? I don't know. We'll see. Okay, we'll go back to it. All right. Do you think it is time to? I'm trying to look through my notes. Um, next song. Is it next song Boy time? Boy. Yeah. So Koi Boy. I don't think I really like this song. Well, the song this much. It's not a bad song. It just feels so bare and like mm-hmm. it almost feels like it is, you know, short. It's more like a poem. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't feel like a song. It has a very seventies vibe to it. It does. We're like you know a lot of the stuff so far has been very eighties. This has a very seventies laid back tone. And it's mainly guitar focus, which is weird because it's like a nice break from the album. But I, I, it, it just didn't click with me with the other songs. Then, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Koi Boy. It's a very short song. But on the bright side, we can probably still think of a meaning for it. Unlike you know, I love you, Vern. Yeah, Koi Boy is not a bad song. It's just really short and really very simple. It's uh, it fits the pacing though. Like it's not like. Oh, this is a weird calm out of nowhere. Like, no, it's, it's a nice calm after the hypeness that was the last song. But it's just, it's, eh. See, it's Koi, not fulfilling enough. You know, and, um, see, for me, I was debating on giving this, you know, the tea seal of trash. Because it's not a bad song. It's just, it feels so much, like. It's bare. It's so bare. Like, I don't know if I'm going to give it as, you know. You know, give it the seal, but we'll see. I don't know. And the song, it. What did you get from the song? Like, what was your take on what it's about? Um. Well, um. Throughout the song, he's like, "Can can you lay next to me? Can I hold your hand? Blah blah blah. I'm the koi boy. I'm your koi boy." Um. So I guess he's like your your comfort or whatever. Like he's your lover boy. And it's it's that's really what it is. It's a lovey dovey song, and it's real like a it's short. See, I feel like the song. I feel like it's kind of like more of he's you know wanting to be close with this person, but he's having trouble being close with them. Yeah, and that would connect with the past songs because throughout this, there's like a a short theme of being communication is hard for Jack. Throughout the songs, you could tell that. Oh, definitely. And actually, I feel like a good example of this is the next song. Now, should we... I'm trying to think. I might do what you're doing right now and wait until I give my trash seal until we talk about this a little more. Mm. Because it's kind of hard right now to think of it. Yeah. Here's a song that I do like a lot, and this one is called Dog Nightmare. this one too it's not one of my favorites but i like it because it's so it's it's like a dog you're in a dog's brain you are the dog you are big toven actually but no yeah. and, uh, it's so it's really cool because he like you said it's literally a dog's point of view with his owner like he's having trouble communicating with his owner and that what's that's what goes back to the whole you know idea of communication is a big theme throughout this album because you know us as people we can't communicate with our pets and there's always this big divide we don't know what the pet wants and sometimes the pet doesn't know what we want so there's it leads to a big divide and this is what the song feels like he's trying to like you know the dog is trying to understand yeah but this song unlike the other song it's not sad about it it's another upbeat one and it's so vibey like when it first start the melody is so uh, I love see it. now this one has a very big devo vibe mm-hmm. 
but my thing with this is have you noticed that the instrumental really powers over the vocals this is another song that does that and i remember you telling me that you know it's a stylistic choice yeah to be drowned out by the music or just you know someone forgot to mix it well <laughs> no i think jack did this on purpose because there are other songs where you can hear his voice clearly hmm. it's a stylistic some artists do that they drown out their voice for mu- with the music for some sort of purpose the purpose here i don't know but when it comes to the verse when he starts speaking like he says I caught a little word of something you said. No, I can't let a little prose come out of my head. You can hear him on those parts. But when yeah. it's like the chorus and stuff, you can't really hear him. And back to that lyric, that connects back to being in a dog mindset. And it's it's not really lyrical until the verse comes, which is like later in the song. Until then, it's all like sound effects. The intro comes, he sings the melody, then it's like sound effects. Yeah, because there's a couple of sound clips where there's a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. And it almost gives kind of like an eerie vibe to it. Kind of like what you would get with like an ARG almost. Like, let me let me read you the intro after he sings the intro. Oh my God, The yeah. sound effects. It says, and I quote, my name is Jack. Hello. Okay. Ooh, eh, eh, ooh, oi, mm, oi, go outside. Here we go. Ah, that's exactly what we mean when it's like you're in the mind of a dog. And you're just like, what the hell am I listening to? It's like a hyperactive dog that's excited to go outside. Like, ooh, let's go, yeah. And that's what this song is, and it's not bad. Like, oh, no, it's you, a really fun song. When we describe these songs, it sounds like it would be a bad song, but it's not. That's what we mean by he's weird, but a good weird. Yeah, and it's weird. Okay, so that brings up a really weird point with me. With how we describe these albums, like, you know, last album, we were very, you know, focused and stuff like that. And we were having a nice time, you know, pleasantly discussing, you know, Ben Platt's nice album, you know, Sing to me instead. Had a nice thought-provoking conversation. And now we're at Jack Stauber where we are literally baffled and we have notes for this because we're just so confused because that's... You're almost going on a trip when you listen to Jack Stauber. Yeah, this song sounds like you're like getting contact high just from yeah. the music. It's great. We love it. It's like you're listening. You're like, I see the squiggles again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I like this song. Not better than I love Vern Troyer. That song slaps. But this song is definitely up there. It's up there. I feel like this is a really good song from the album. Um, but my thing is this. I wish we could hear the vocals better. I, if it's a stylistic choice, I can understand that. But if it's not, I wish we could hear the vocals a little bit better. But other than mm-hmm. that, I feel like the... In my opinion, I feel like if it is a stylistic choice, maybe it might be for the fact that like, you know... You can't understand what the dog is saying, kind of like in real life. Mm-hmm. You can't understand because there's this very big divide. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to what we were saying with drug highs, um, this next song, in my opinion, has a very big drug high feel. And that is called Bothersome. Honestly, I would have to don't hear Don't admit it. that on air. <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't really remember this one. Uh, so you go first. Okay. So, like I said, this has a very big drug high feel, and it almost feels like he's kind of going off the ground. When I say that, I mean hypothetically. Not hypothetically, dear God. <laughs> metaphorically. We might be in music majors, but we are not. English majors. Yeah. But what I was trying to say with the song is that Bothersome has a nice acoustic sound to it. And it almost feels like you're kind of going through a drug high. And it's a nice song. I feel like the song is kind of him having an inner monologue with himself about, you know, his issues that he's been having throughout this album, which is communication issues. You know, coming from someone who does have a lot of issues communicating with people, it's a nice song because it kind of expresses how he's having an inner monologue with himself about how, you know... I'm having trouble communicating with people, having trouble trying to understand and being able to express how I feel. 
and how it creates like such a big divide. You good now, Elijah? <laughs> yes, I did just go listen to like a little sound clip of the song because I forgot. But now I remember. And I do, this song is chill, it's vibey. Um, I do like the chorus, I like the la la la. So, me and my friends at home have this thing where if a song has la la la's in it, it's instantly good. We have this theory that if you add la la la's into your song, it'll be a bop and people will sing along. And Can we get some examples of that? Okay, so in Hades Town, if anybody—that's a musical. Yes, that a musical. Count. Shut up. In Hades Town, the main little riff is Orpheus going la la la. I'm not gonna sing it, but if you know if you know the musical, you know what I'm talking about. Think of any song that has la la la, like Tonight Tonight, la la la, whatever, la la. Yo, it doesn't matter. <laughs> any song that has la la la's in it will win you over. See, and this this is one of those because he goes. So yeah. See, for me, I don't know when I hear la la la, and you're saying that, I think of the song "Get Jiggy with It." The "Get Jiggy with It." La 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 la. Get jiggy with it. Like I said, any song with la's will win your heart. This is one of those. It's a good bop. Um, meaning, I don't, I don't know. I gave the meaning. We're good. Yeah. For me, I don't know. It's just the vibe. Like when this is a song I would zone out to. Um Which I can attest to how good the song is. You I mean, you know me, I was listening from like an analytical view. But, you know, if you're casually listening to it, you kinda lose sight of the meaning and everything else. You try to just like sit back and just relax to it. It's kinda like a lo fi beat, like, you know, the YouTube video that we're gonna bring up. I, I feel like this would be a song mm. that would be in it. You just relax to it. And that attests to how good the song is in itself is because of the fact that, you know, you can relax to the song and just feel, you know, calm. Yeah. Do you think we should go off, go on to, you know, the next song? Safe Socks. Safe Socks. <laughs> I swear to God, Elijah, don't you tell me. Okay, Safe Socks <laughs> is, you know... I swear to God, Elijah. Safe Socks is a song about how he feels unsafe where he is. And uncomfortable that he is, but he can't change it. Now, this song, it's kind of almost like, you know, from a child's point of view, an abusive home, I feel like. And it's weird because it also does have kind of like a, you know, upbeat, you know, feel to it. But it still kind of feels kind of sad. And that's the thing with Jack. He does do a lot of the, you know, communication is one issue that we've seen through the song. I mean, this album. But the one that I see about it that is really kind of sad is that it does have a lot of darker meanings. And I think I remember reading somewhere that it might have like a dark meaning about like his past. Mm -hmm. This is this. Yeah, this is because there's a lyric in there that's like, "Get out and stand in the snow. I'll let you in in the morning," or something like that. Because it's almost like an abusive relationship yeah, with like exactly a what it's like. parent and child, and it's a really dark song, but it's still a really nice song. But the vocal bridge is really cool about it, and it's a very straightforward song. But you know, you listen to it; it's kind of like. It's trying to be upbeat in the face of misery. And it's a sad song, but it's a really good song. And I really recommend you guys, if you are going to like pick a handful of the songs to listen to from the album, I do feel like this is one of the ones that you need to listen to because it gives you a very good, a very clear example of Jack's, you know, morbid songwriting. Yeah. And it connects into the theme of communication because there's a couple lines in there that's like, I can't sing a song or something like that. Like, I can't, he can't communicate, which is a running theme, as you can see throughout all the songs. There was always a problem with communication, like in Dog Nightmare, a dog can't speak. Or in, like, Oklahoma, like, the friend 
could not speak or he only spoke his feelings to Jack who was being I'm going to stop you right there because there is a dog that can talk. It's Martha. Martha speaks. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, there's a running theme of a lack of communication. Yeah. And in this instance, he's being kicked out as well, which is not cool. It's a sad song, but you know, it's one that if you listen to, you can if you're listening to it from a just, you know, just wanting to listen to it and vibe to it, it's a good upbeat song, but if you're really looking at the meaning, it's a dark song, but it really is worth a listen to. Now, I already gave my golden cassette away, but I feel like this would be my option too. Now, should we go to what I think might be one of my favorite ideas for a song? And that is called My Pretty. Hello, I'm not trying to bug you, babe, but I just got my today. Some money to buy candy bars. No, I'm not trying to bug you, babe. But I got love today. And I need some money to buy candy bars. My plea. This song is. It's nice. Um. You wanna know my example of it? What? Essentially? <laughs> it is an example of that one friend that you haven't seen on Xbox in years, like last online 10 years ago, and then he finally hops on, and you guys like talk and catch up. You know, after you guys said, oh yeah, I'll be on tomorrow. Last online 10 years ago. Yeah, th- this is basically what this song is about, but in it could, there's a part where he just starts talking about candy randomly, but like, it's, it's like he starts out like, I haven't seen you in a long time. You haven't been online in a long time. I want to talk to you. I'm going to call you and blah, blah, blah. Then he just starts naming candy bars and stuff, which is Jack Stauber of him. Yeah, it's very Jack. But here's the thing about it, and I feel like this kind of plays into the you know idea because you listen to how the instrumental and how it's all mixed. He feels very upbeat and up-tempo throughout the song, and he's very like you know excited i think this is the first time in the album we hear him very excited like genuinely having a positive emotion Mm -hmm. and that's what i like about this song a lot and it also gives me game menu vibes like it does you're listening to like a video game and you just hear it and you're like yeah i can i can groove to to this and you know him just kind of rambling and stuff like that is almost He's just so excited that he can have this conversation. And I feel like the reason why he's having such an easy time like having a conversation with this person is because it's online. It's not face-to-face. You know, it could be an issue with, you know, an underlying tone of social anxiety that, you know, he's not in person with this person that he's talking to, so he's able to express. This person is also gone, too. Like, they haven't been online for a while, but he's still talking to them or trying to reach out to them. Which, th- I think this is like one of the few times where he actually talks. Like, this song seems like he's rambling about his life mm. to the person that's not responding, that's not online no more. But he still needs his outlet. That's what it feels like to me. Because, you know, the song starts off. He says, hey, it's been a long time since you, since I've seen your name online. Aim is in decline. Blah, 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 blah. And then he just ran, rambles. That's probably what the candy bar part is about. But before that, it's like, I just got mugged today. Or I'm taking the bus to the last stop. I've been thinking of joining the army. He just rants. He rants and rambles, but I feel like it's because he feels comfort. Yeah, in this person. Residing like, in this person. This person exactly. is no longer there. And I think that's what the plea is. The name, the title of the song is My Plea. I guess he wants to speak to this person. Yeah, and I feel like this is, you know, it's a nice change of pace because, you know, it kind of, all these past couple of songs have had like a soft and kind of grim meaning, but this is just very upbeat. Yeah, he might not be able to talk to this person, but him finding kind of a, you know, a vice to kind of rely on is still good, if that makes any sense. Now, do we go to the next song? The next song is... Called Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> Lynn. Oh, 
Lynn is the shortest song on the album. Is it's, it really? I thought Koi Boy was. Nope. Koi Boy comes close, but Lynn is one minute and 40 seconds about. It's very short. Now, from what I've seen with a lot of these, I'm going to get into the meaning first. I feel like an issue with it is that, not an issue with the song, but the issue that's tackling is, you know, the idea of false media. Uh-huh. And relying too much on it. And the thing about the song that really kind of pushes it is when it was written. Now, you said it was 2017 that this song was, this album was released. Jack Stauber, yep, 2017. And this is during, you know, a lot of the time where the more outbreak of, you know, fake news was released to us. And it's kind of a reflection of that, but it's not even about political. It's just, you know, false information in general. It can be just someone you get, like you get from someone in general and that's the thing like you don't really know it but you can hear false information all the time and this song kind of expresses the dangers of how bad that can be if you know you follow into it yeah this song the thing with this song is it sounds discouraging but in a positive way like the the way he's delivering the lines it sounds encouraging but it's discouraging things but those discouraging things that he is saying is actually encouraging. It's like, it's weird. Because he's like, why are you marching? Forget what you know. Be restricted. Count the mistakes. That would sound negative without context. But what he's really referring to is like, why are you following the media? Why are you following the mass media? Mm. Forget what they're telling you. You know, do you. Exactly. But if you just listen to it, it sounds like he's just like, negative throughout the song because he's all like it's optimistic but pessimistic yeah because the chorus is swing with a soft decay don't go out of your way which sounds pessimistic but it's not it's it's like it's positive it just sounds bad see and i feel like the instrumental for this is very interstellar which Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was intentional but it feels kind of out of place that it's like a very soft interstellar song but this is such a grounded idea and concept that it contrasts heavily, but I feel like it works well with it. Yeah. You know, I've realized something with this album so far. We have not gotten an Elijah Seal of Doodoo. Not yet, because you know what song is next? No. <laughs> really? I understand. Oh my god. <laughs> This is my second favorite, aside from Vern Troyer. Wait, you made it seem like that you were giving the seal to that one. No, no, that's why I don't know whether to give it to this or Vern Troyer. Oh, you're talking about the cassette. The, the golden, golden cassette. cassette. Because ah. this song, I love the chorus. It's so, it's vibey. It's like Vern Troyer, but a softer, groovier version of that. And it's not, it's less weird. It does it. have a really cool party tone I to just, it. I just love his weird tones because Jack Stauber, when you listen to it, he doesn't sing normally. And this is one of the songs that he doesn't sing normally, but I just like how it sounds. It sounds weird and wobbly. See, this well, this song, it's so wobbly. It's fun. It's upbeat. It's a very big party song almost, like an yeah. 80s like techno party thing. But oh my god. You listen to the lyrics, and it almost sounds like this song is about him being like a mass manipulator. Mm-hmm. And it's so messed up because you listen to it, it's like a really nice, like, oh yeah, I can groove to this. And then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounds like in the chorus. It sounds like he's just like telling himself, oh, I better not manipulate people here, or I'll be like put in court or something. I should chill out. Yeah, and then you're listening and you're like, oh my god, this person is a terrible human being. <laughs> no, I don't know if this is Jack's kind of character that he's doing throughout, where he, you know, the social anxiety thing and, you know, just lack of communication in general. But if this is the same kind of quote-unquote character in the other songs, I can see why he has an issue making friends because he's an, he's an ass. And I feel like it kind of conflicts with in a good way. I feel like it conflicts with 
um, my plea, not my plea, but Lynn, because with Lynn, you know, it's about false information and manipulation and the issues with that. This is a song from the other side of the coin, and I really like that, how it contrasts very well. And, you know, that was an issue we had with, um, bad, not bad habit, but, and as a whole, seemed to me instead, because, you know, a lot of the songs kind of conflict with each other, but not in a good way. This, however, they conflict in such a great way that it helps the album even more. Yeah, the song is one of my favorites. I don't know whether to give it, it the it golden seal. I don't know. We'll decide. We'll decide at the end because we have one more song left, and it is our ending song, a nice, lovely 80s ballad called Candy Eyes. so funny that we started the song well this album with buttercup candy and we're ending with candy eyes yeah this song it starts off with him saying something like all right i'm gonna do this real quiet because i think you're sleeping or something like that and it, then he sings like this ballad this love ballad to the person who he was just in the bed with or whatever uh, we don't know who it is, but he's the song is basically him recalling how he fell in love with this person or whatever. And it's sweet. It's a nice, sweet ending to the album, and I like it. See, I want to further that idea, just because I do feel like it is like that. But I feel like there's kind of a another meaning to it, too, that can add on to it, is that, you know, he's kind of saying that there's been like an emotional wall build up between mm-hmm. them. And, you know, he still loves this person, but it's just hard sometimes because, you know, there is an ocean wall, but no matter what, he still loves that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a really great way to end this album because, you know, it shows that he he might not have the best communication skills, and he knows that sometimes there might be a wall in between the people he cares about, but no matter what, he still cares for that person. And the 80s ballad tone that it gives really does help with the album in general and i feel like as of now this is probably the best examples of a great song to a great starter song and a great ending song for an album yeah the pacing with this album was not a problem i liked it it was good not perfect i mean but it was great yeah we still need to get into the scaling of how we're gonna rate this but you know in my opinion, there's not much to say about this because it's one of those songs you do need to listen to. But in general, I do feel like it's a very beautiful song and a great way to end this album in general. Yeah, this whole album is something you just have to listen to. It's hard to it's describe almost, it to someone that never listened to it. Yeah, it's it's really a big issue. Because I was trying to explain to you, Jack Stauber, before we even started this. I was like, Jack is... And I've been trying to explain to people that, you know, we tell them about this podcast and we tell them like, oh, yeah, we're going to do, you know, Jack Sauber's pop food. They're wondering like, okay, well, what is that? And it's like, well, <laughs> well, you just got to listen. Have to a seat. <laughs> like, is is he's a character. He's really is a character, he's but it's good. an anomaly. It's really good. You know, and I feel like that's kind of how we're going to have to end this song, what we feel about it. But there's one last thing we need to do, and that is the end review um final thoughts final thoughts i like the album it's weird it's jack Stauber. that's the best way i can explain it i'll give my golden uh cassette to i wait, love wait, you wait. for Troyer because oh. it's beautiful it's just it gives you the weirdness that i need in my life i was gonna give a little drum roll but then i was about to hit my mic but you're the one listening to the headset so i would have smacked that mic really hard you would have ear raped me and the listeners thanks trenton i would have genuinely just blown up your eardrums and everyone else's but the album i mean there's nothing more i can say if you want to understand how i feel you just gotta listen to it see for me i feel like this album is great it's a perfect example of jack's works 
and you know it's his you know more tame stuff if you want crazy jack i will <laughs> when i say crazy jack i think of genocide jack from i was thinking of jacks up the guy <laughs> no i was thinking of genocide jack from my uh, danganronpa <laughs> a game that you got me addicted to yeah 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 but um no with this album it is such a great example of jack's works and if you want to hear more from him you know go and check out you know shop go and check out opal go and check out the micro pops uh i forget what his other album was named but he did one before this he did a few before this i yeah. think i got it in my notes it was v8 or something like that finite form and hilo 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 came out after this hilo is yeah. a really cool album Mm-hmm. jack's crazy go listen to him if you haven't listened to the first episode of two guys one cassette go listen to but that. wait a minute there slick we gotta do one more thing and that is without further ado our grading oh, yeah. for this my opinion yeah. i feel like this is getting a true golden cassette rating of an a plus i give it an a yeah that's it just an a the f- <laughs> the what trenton are you about to say PG-13 words on our podcast? No, I'm keeping it clean. <laughs> I'm keeping it clean on air. Afterwards, we're going to have a long talk. But, you know, no, we're going to talk about it right now. Why only an A and not an A+. Plus? Because I, I know what perfection is. This was close to perfection, but it is not perfect. It's great. It's a great album. God, it's not bad. You're going to be one of those guys who has, like, the super, like, strict type of grading system yeah, it's like well it's an a not an a plus you that's know that's definitely me well it did it's a great album we can both agree it's a great album and i'm glad that we both have an a rating for it um but yeah i felt like it's a great album and you know i think this is where our little episode ends today isn't that right mr eli yeah it is baby Thank you for joining us on episode two of Two Guys, One Cassette. And as always, be kind. Rewind. Rewind.